This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is Monday, April 25th, 2022. Yeah, the last week of April already. Hi, Jake. Hello. It's really good to see you. You too. Again. Yeah. It's Um, been so long. It has. (laughs) Make sure you uh, shop our affiliate links in the description below. Now, I understand like a hundred people have bought the cup scrubber thing for your sink. And it, it's in the... Your technique is really on point today. I know. If you're watching on YouTube, there's a certain motion happening. It's an amazing tool. You guys think I'm kidding? The AirPod sale is still going on. Hook it up. All those are, are protein bars. Um, just about anything you need is in the affiliate links below. Go ahead and check it out uh, right here on this podcast you're listening to or on YouTube. Um, you know... That's all good. Hit subscribe on this podcast as well. We are rocketing towards 5,000. I, 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 I would guess it'll be less than a month now. Yeah. Uh, because on YouTube, we are at 3940 um, for subscribers, which means that's about just over 1,000 uh, subscribers left to go. So uh, let's, get to, uh, let's get to work on that. And without further ado... Let's talk Utah Jazz basketball because holy cow, what a moment for the Jazz on uh, Saturday afternoon um, at the Viv when Donovan Mitchell threw that lob to Rudy Gobert. It was shocking, satisfying, gratifying, exciting, and electric all in that same moment. And it seemed like there were a lot of Jazz fans that were surprised that that happened. I think it was one of those moments that we'll remember for a decade. I think there's no doubt that that is one of the best jazz games I've ever seen. Um, And the way that it ended, the poetic justice of Donovan Mitchell lobbing the ball to Rudy Gobert for the finish to win the game, to me, Jake, that was everything that this jazz team needed. How surprised were you that that's how it went down? I mean, I, I think it's it's them getting back to, to their form. You know, I, I think this is a team that that um, obviously got away from shooting the three ball, and, and I think the Donovan to Rudy connection hadn't exactly been the strongest, but I think this was like their Kobe and Shaq moment together. I think that this was the this was that that's what this reminded me of you know you're you're in a playoff game you're fighting for your life you can't go down 3-1 um to to this Dallas team especially with Luka being back and and I felt like the Jazz persevered and they had their moment and I think it was great to see I I think you know the the connection between Don and Rudy needs to continue to improve they they need to continue to work on that and continue to use it because as we've talked about um you know last week and for months on this show Rudy has a use and a purpose, and there are ways that you can use him, and it's very effective, especially against a Mavs team that doesn't have a lot of size. That that Donovan to Rudy pass, really, they should be utilizing that a ton over the course of the game to a point where I would even say they should be abusing it because I don't think the Mavericks have 
a way to stop that. And and what I particularly liked about that play was that you were in the heat of the moment. Uh, there were 11 seconds left when he dunked that ball. Um, so you made the right play at the right time. Don was not selfish with it. He didn't take a bad shot. We didn't get hero ball out of Don. We got a high level of execution. We got an understanding of, all right, this is where our advantage is. Let's, let's use it. And they made a play, which ultimately led to them winning the game. I will say, uh, I was a little nervous that there were 11 seconds left after they made that 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 play and, and went ahead. But, you know, they won the game. And, and I think that's ultimately what matters. But I think there's no level, like you can't measure how good it feels for them to win that game. You can't measure um, how, how good the, the chemistry between those two feels right now after what seems like a marathon of a season of negativity and struggle and all these Knicks rumors with Don and like just all this stuff going on with the team. So I thought it was a huge moment, not only in the series, of course, but for the team and, and for the organization, because now it's a best of three. You know, you're you're going to have to win. You're going to have to win two on the road. And I think that would be a true testament to this team if they were able to pull this off, but we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, I tend to more believe, and I guess this is just my opinion. I don't know, but I, I do tend to more believe that the lob heard around the world did little to change the fortunes of this Utah jazz team. And I know that's crazy. And, but hear me out on that. That was one play in a game where we saw a lot of, a lot of really questionable decisions. We saw a lot of situations where both the Dallas Mavericks and the Utah Jazz made huge mistakes and nearly cost themselves the game. I mean, let's be honest. If you're a, a Dallas Mavericks player this morning, you feel like you blew an opportunity to win that game. And and I think there's no doubt you certainly did. I think if you are Jason Kidd this morning, you're trying to figure out how to get Jalen Brunson back to that dominant player while having Luka Doncic on the floor. Well, can those two guys coexist? If you're the Utah Jazz, you're trying to figure out how to continue to bring Mike Conley up, how to continue to get Donovan Mitchell to carry this team. How do the Utah Jazz win with Rudy Gobert off the floor? Those are all questions, Jake, I think are being asked. And by the way, I think those are all questions that have to be asked. And I think the Rudy Gobert question is significant because I think they're better without Rudy, even with the lob. And I know it's crazy talk. I think the Utah Jazz are better playing small ball without Rudy on the floor. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's two sides to that. You know, obviously, you're going to sacrifice rim protection. But I also think with that sacrifice on defense, you're, you're trading that for better perimeter defense. So in this series, I would take that because obviously Dallas is a smaller team. They don't have huge seven footers or anything. So I, I think from that end of the floor, it makes sense. But, you know, the one thing, uh, again, that I think that moment really showed us is that they have something there, which is to say you can use that play more than just at the end of a game, you know? And, and I think there were so many times where, and this isn't a criticism of Don, I just think that it's kind of how the season has played out where Don has the ball in certain situations and he could have fed it to Rudy for an easy finish. And, I, and that's what I've said before. Like, I'm not saying that Don should give it up every single time. Certainly not. But what I am saying is when you're in the postseason and you can get a guy a look in the restricted area who's seven feet tall, 
I don't know about you, but that seems like a pretty high percentage look. Like that's just that's just simple basketball X's and O's. So to me, I think we'll see a lot more of that. And and furthermore, I would say I think you know if you're Quinn Snyder and you're figuring out a game plan for this next game, what better way? to to get this defense moving for Dallas than to use Don in certain situations as a decoy. Like, use him in the pick and roll, but then Don's got to be willing to to give that up when the situation dictates it. And he he's also got to be willing to be aggressive when the situation dictates it. And that's ultimately what I think you want as a basketball team, your best player in positions to make decisions for your team. Yeah, I, I just don't think – I don't think it changed that much. I really don't. I think, obviously, they won the game because of it. Um, that was the penultimate moment for the Jazz in that game. Um, but somehow, someway, I, I I don't think this turns us into, oh, Don and Rudy, did you guys see him skipping through the puddles after the rainstorm together holding hands? Oh, man, they were out picking flowers together and enjoying a meal. I don't think that's what this lob heard round. Never. The world. <laughs> I don't think that's what happened. Mm -hmm. I think they pass and play well together at times. I think when they're trailing, this play doesn't happen. I think when they're down 10, this play doesn't happen. I think when there's a busted play and they're trying everything they can try to get a basket. It's a great look by Donovan Mitchell. Let, let's be honest. It's a great look. It's a great pass. It's great execution in a vacuum, in a moment in time. I just don't think this changes anything. I don't think this somehow now signifies that Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert can play together and we're all saved and we're going to go on and win the championship because we're not. And I'm not trying to be, you know, Danny Dick, a downer douche guy. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just rolled. But you're my point is, yeah, my point is, yeah, and I'm sure some will say that, that I, oh, you're just a hater. And, right. But I'm telling you, look at this realistically. Take your emotional fan hat off. What did this really change? Well, I mean, I don't think it changed anything as far as how they're going to play an entire game. I, I think, you know, the, the, the fact is, is in that game, Dallas did not shoot it well. Uh, and, and I think that was a huge part of why, the game was so close. They still had all those wide open looks from three in the corner. They just didn't make them. Yeah. And and obviously that's what that's what we talk about with the Jazz all the time. You know, you live by the three and you die by the three. And and I think we need to talk about this situation between Jalen Brunson and Luka Doncic. I I think for the for the Mavericks having Luka run point is not your best offense. It's not your best look. I think Jalen needs to be handling the ball in creating, and Luka needs to play off of him because I think. Jalen has dominated the Jazz in this series. Well, I think they went away from Jalen Brunson, which I also think was a mistake. I, I mean, I, I don't know how. Hello? 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 Hey, hello. 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 Um, I think they went away from. And now I have to figure out what the heck. There's my mic. Hello? Hello? Man. Hello. Just sometimes. There you go. Hey, there we are. Uh, anyway, my point is, I think they went away from Jalen Brunson pick and roll isolation, and that helped the Utah Jazz defend the Dallas Mavericks more. That's yeah. what I think happened here. I think that once they went back to Luka and Luka started shooting those wild threes, I think it allowed the Jazz to get back in the game. 
Um, you know, but I see like, uh, where's I'm sure Ruff's official has nothing good to say. He says, uh, Don was 11 for 30 in game two. If he dished five of those 19 misses, uh, to Rudy jazz would have won. Mm. That's not realistic though. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell is going to get his shots. And that's why I said, you can't give the ball to Rudy five times and think you're going to get five baskets. Yeah. That's not going to happen. Yeah. I think what we've seen in this series is that Dallas has encouraged the Jazz to throw the ball to Rudy Gobert in the post. They're not doubling that. Notice that the the Dallas Mavericks are not sending the world to to help keep, you know, Rudy Gobert off the block. That's not they're encouraging the Jazz to throw Rudy Gobert the ball in the post and I can't say that I disagree with that. Yeah. You know, I think that that's the right tact for Dallas to take because when he puts the ball on the floor, that's a basket less than than 15% of the time. So when you say, well, throw him the ball five more times, the five lobs are not going to be there. They're not. That play was a broken play. And Don made a great read and a great look and a great pass. Yeah. And Rudy finished it. And that right there, by the way, what that tells you is that's Rudy's highest, best use offensively. That's what he does best is, you know, get to the rim, rim, run to the front of the rim, catch a lob and dunk it. Yeah. That's how he makes his money. And I I think that the Mavericks don't have a defense for that. And that's why I say I'm not sitting here advocating to give the ball to Rudy every time, certainly. But but I do think that in certain situations, you should give it to him. I, I just think that when he sets a pick for you and he's rolling and the defense doesn't pick him up until the restricted area, that to me is a good opportunity to get him the ball. And hell, even if he misses the basket, and let's say he misses both free throws, you're still getting them in foul trouble. You think that won't pay dividends later in the game? So that's my point. Like, just, I'm not saying to feature Rudy, but what I am saying is that he is an asset on the floor against the Dallas Mavericks. Against a different team, that's not so much the case. Against this team, it is the case because they don't have size. So, I, I think that we got to be really careful saying things like Don should shoot the ball less. I disagree with that. Don hasn't been shooting it well. I think he has not had a great series by his standard. Yes, he's put up numbers. Yes, like he's filled up the stat sheet. But I think if you were to ask Donovan Mitchell, hey, like what do you think of your performance so far? I think he'd tell you he'd like a little more out of himself. So, you know, I think he needs to keep shooting the basketball. But I also think that when you see the potential of him to Rudy, there's definitely more more to that. Well, I also think they've got to keep getting to the line, um, and I think Rudy Gobert is a big part of that. Um, it'd be nice if he made more than fifty percent of his free throws. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you shoot when you shoot fifty, what did they shoot? Forty two free throws in a game. I mean, that's a that's a, a massive lot. Number. But you only made sixty two percent of them. Um, you know, you look at Donovan Mitchell, seven of twenty one for twenty three points is not is is not terribly efficient um they all could play better i mean you only you're you're only getting you know sporadic spectacular performances yeah and you've got to have more than that for this team to win i i I again caution you that you know and for all of the people after the game that were saying give the ball to rudy more give the ball to rudy more he had what a 17 and 15 game they won by one point Listen, it's, they won it's, by they won by one point in his best game of the series. It's one play, right? I mean, so we can't be saying, "Hey, give the ball to Rudy the whole game," or like give it to him more. Like, I want to be really clear on this. I don't want people to be confused about what I'm saying or what I think they should do. 
What I'm saying is, in certain situations, it's probably, you know, ballparking it, you're probably eight to nine times a game where you'll see this in an entire NBA, you know, 48-minute game where Rudy Gobert is open under the basket for a high percentage look. That's when you should give it to him. You should not give it to him when he's on the block. You should not give it to him when he's at the elbow. You should not give it to him in any situation where he's got to put the ball on the floor. But what I'm telling you is when he sets that pick, then he rolls to the basket, give it to him, and get Dallas in foul trouble. That's what I'm telling you to do. Yeah, and I I think the best place to give Rudy Gobert the basketball without question is is high pick and roll. Yeah. I think that when you hand him the ball at the top of the key, allow him to give it back to one of the guards and then rim run, run right to the front of the rim and offensive rebounding had 10 offensive boards the other night. Um, you know, like I just, that's where his highest best use is. So when you start calling for Rudy to get the ball five more times, you're crazy. I'm I'll take Donovan Mitchell shooting every one of those times it, because the percentage is much higher. Then, then throwing the ball to Rudy in the post. It, it just, it is what yeah. it is. I mean, um, I think when you're the, a superstar on the caliber of Donovan Mitchell, you want him shooting as much as you can because you need him to get back into the groove. If they're going to do anything in this series or beyond, Donovan Mitchell is going to have to have, he's going to have to average 30, 35 points a game. Yeah. Because you don't know what you're going to get from Mike Conley on a, on a night-to-night, a day-to-day mm-hmm. basis. You really... I mean, if you think about it, you really just have no idea what you're going to get from Mike on a on a regular basis. Well, and I also think that you know, from the from the perspective of of this this last game particularly, not even the series, but this last game, you have to understand the Jazz were playing with desperation. I mean, you're you're talking about a team that that is literally trying not to go down three one. So. 2-2 two, two versus 3-1 is obviously a big difference. But, Huge. But I yes. think when we talk about Mike Conley or when we talk about Bogdanovich or when we talk about, you know, the contribution Hernan Gomez is giving this team or or when we see Pascal come in for his five to seven minute sprint, like these guys have to play at their absolute level best for the Jazz to win by one point. Like, I hope we all understand that. Like, Keep it in perspective, and I think we've we've done this before on the show earlier in the year at other times where the Jazz will have this huge moment or something will happen in a really positive direction, and we tend to kind of leap off the cliff and say, give the ball to Rudy every single time. Well, that's not good basketball. That's not, that's not what's going to win you games. What will win you games is making the right decision at the right time, whether you're Donovan Mitchell or Quinn Snyder, and that's what I think has to happen, and that is what happened. Don made the right decision at the right time, but guys like Mike Conley need to play better. They need to be more consistent. That little floater in the paint, he's got to stop missing that. I'm not even asking Mike for 30 a night. I'm asking him for like 18 to 20 a night with a couple of floaters. Right, but I think the the thing that we've seen, and I'll go back to like that game one win, I thought the thing that really stood out was Boyan Bogdanovich played incredibly well that game. And I I just point to him being the real tipping point player in this series for the Utah Jazz because when Boyan scores 20 and plays well and gets off early, they generally will run out to a lead. And I think if memory serves and I can look it up, I want to say that Rudy Gobert had one shot in that game and had like yeah. 17 rebounds, five points. Um, Boyan had like 26, Don had 33, and – that's the formula for this team to prosper consistently. Mm-hmm. Now, you also can't have, you know, three points from Royce O'Neal. 
that's going to make life very difficult. But what you saw from the Jazz in that game was their ability to defend a lot better and their ability to score more inside out. And I think that's what this series needs. The Jazz have transformed in this series largely into a team that we don't recognize. And it's it's why they're shooting so few threes. It's why they've gotten away from the style of basketball, frankly, that brought them here. Mm-hmm. And this team needs to get back to Don and Mike, you know, dribble penetrating and kicking the boy on on the wing, kicking to Royce in the corner. Royce O'Neal needs to shoot more threes, not less threes. Boyan Bogdanovich needs to shoot more threes, not less threes. Mm-hmm. Because what you're also seeing now is the diminishing return offensively anyways, of playing Daniel House more minutes. When you play Daniel House more minutes, you're going to see the three balls not going to go in as much. You're going to see that he's not going to contribute as consistently offensively because that's who he's always been. When you've been in the league for for five years, the book is out, man. We know who you are. Yeah. This is who Daniel House is. You know, Hernan Gomez, we know who you are. Yeah. Like, you can give us five to seven minutes a game. Mm-hmm. The real upside guys are Donovan Mitchell and Boyan Bogdanovich. And getting Eric Paschal more minutes is never a bad thing. He brought such good energy the last couple of ball games. Get him more minutes. Let him bring – don't count on him for offense, but count on him to commit harder fouls. Count on him to get that clutch rebound. Count on him to make an occasional three out of the corner. Let him come in and bully Luca a little bit. Like, you know, like let him come in and cause problems. That that's ultimately that's what Pascal is really good at. Just coming in and whether it is rebounding or great defense, like he just comes in and causes chaos with his defense and with his willingness to 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 be in the trenches. And I think, you know, the Jazz could use more of that, but they don't have more of that on the roster. Pascal is that guy. So I would hope to see to see more of that, but but what I can tell you is in this next game, the 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 Mavericks are going to shoot it better, and you need to be prepared for that. They are going to make more of those threes from the corner. They're going to make that 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 broken play three ball that Reggie Bullock couldn't make this past game, and and that's why I think to to your point, and it, and and I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy here, but you won by one point on on uh, at the end of a game in a in a big moment. You made a great play. And they deserve all the credit in the world, and I love to see it. It was a huge moment. Bucket of bullets, and, and Grandma had just gotten married. We came back into the living room. The game was on the tube. We saw it. It was beautiful, you know? But that doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're a championship team. What it means is, is you won one game in the series. Yeah, and I, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how this, this Dallas Mavericks team adjusts to what the Jazz did because – I thought one of the other things that was so interesting about the way the Jazz played, there was much better ball movement. And it's still like I go back to game, I guess game three, the 126-118 game that Dallas won. The thing that really bothered you in that game was that you, you you got very little cohesive play, yet you scored a ton of points, but you couldn't stop the Mavericks at all. And now you, you look at the two games where the Jazz, the Jazz have won those games, and you're looking at a situation where the Mavericks really struggled offensively, like just awkwardly struggled offensively. You won 100 to 99 and 99 93. Now, is that your defense or is that the Mavericks struggling? 
I think in game four, the Mavericks just had no cohesiveness because Luka was on the ball far too much. Mm -hmm. You took it away from, um, you know, Jalen Brunson, who had been dominating in that screen and roll, which forced, you know, Quinn to take Rudy out of the game, which I thought really helped the Jazz. But you, they, you struggled to defend that, and the Mavericks went away from it. And so my guess is we'll get more of that. We'll get more of that ISO. But the thing that worries me as well is you cannot put Rudy Gobert in a position where he's got to guard Luka one-on-one. Yeah. You can't do that because Luka's going to make that three. It, it's the, the look is too open. There's it's too inevitable. much. Yeah, there's too much of a gap between Rudy and Luka just because Rudy's not that that guy. You're not that guy, pal, because yeah. you're not athletic enough and your tendency is to drop to the basket if you're Rudy Gobert. You're so, not that guy, pal. Trust no. me. You're not that guy. And I think you're putting Rudy in an unwinnable situation. It's not fair to him there. So you either need to have him off. I would have Pascal on Luca. I think that's exactly right. Because Luca's not a quick guy, especially with this calf injury. Mm-hmm. I would have somebody other. I would have Daniel House on Luca. I would have somebody other than Rudy on Luka Doncic there, and if that screen is what gets you into that situation, don't have Rudy on the floor. Have some balls, Quinn, to take Rudy off the floor. That that I know that's crazy, but you have got to have the courage to do that because that's where you will win this series. Yeah, That is where you will win this series. Yeah. You cannot have Jalen Brunson going one-on-one with Rudy Gobert. It's not fair to Rudy. It's not. It's not that Rudy's a bad player or it's his fault. This is a this is a a a make or miss matchup league, and Luka Doncic missed the other day, and Don and Rudy made it. Yep. that's the bottom line. Look at the confusion on the final possession for Dallas. They had no idea where they were going. Thus, Rudy is open. I'm telling you now. I'm telling you right now. Quinn Snyder has to show courage and have Rudy off the floor in some critical minutes. I'd probably have him on the floor the last three possessions Yeah, because you need him to rim protect, force them in the jump shots. That's always going to be better than giving up a layup with the game on the line, yep. as Dallas found up the found out the other day. But to me, it, it's, all about, it's all about what the Jazz are willing to do and how courageous Quinn Snyder's willing to be in the final five minutes of the game because if you're going to give up 120, 20 points, you're going to lose to the Dallas Mavericks. You, Every you're, time. You're going to lose. You need this to be a 100-point game. For race to 100. Be the first one to score 100, and you're going to win more of these games than you're going to lose. That's what I would say. Okay, real quick, let me get some comments because then we're going to talk about purple forever. And it's an important conversation. Ryan Smith needs to stop tweeting. Oh, Ryan. Um. All right. Uh, Forrest G, first winning. Good to see you. Edgar Garcia, what's up, player? I love the I, – I, there are several of you talking about the Fuck the Talk t-shirt that's for sale. Mm-hmm. I love how in this town people get all upset about, you know, like language and this is a family, but you're buying shirts that say Fuck the Talk on them. And you're wearing them to the arena. I think that's hysterical. That's classic jazz fan. Yeah, because jazz fans are talking about having that shirt for game six in the building. And for what game talk six. would that be exactly, by the way? Like, well, that's an interesting – I don't know. That's probably not for this show. Because I, I, I think I, – there's this victim mentality 
that still is a little it's too called prevalent. the little brother mentality and what it, what if you didn't know what that is rudy essentially got on the uh, on the post game interview and said fuck the talk and he got fined for it like 25 or 1000 mm-hmm. or whatever it was and now um like all the jazz fan sites are making t-shirts about it and there's a movement to make sure that everybody wears that shirt to the game for game six. And it's like, do you want your son wearing that shirt? Do you really want, like, is that what we're talking about? I guess. We're going to have I guess all that the, represents. I guess that represents the Jazz fan base now. We're going to have all the kids wearing the F the Jazz or F the Talk shirt. Yeah, I thought this was a family games. show. Come on. Where, where are the people in the comments that said this is a family show? George Mesquia, hello to you. Neville 93, what's up? Um, Steve Hambone says, good morning, guys. What a great game to watch. Great game for bogey. Um, I, this team needs more out of Boyan Bogdanovich. This, this team needs more out of Boyan Bogdanovich. Yeah, that is, he is, I'm telling you, he's the X factor in this series. He is the X factor in this series. He has 12 points. Jazz win 100 to 99. Boyan Bogdanovich only takes 10 shots. Only took... If I said to you, Boyan's only going to shoot the ball 10 times, do the Jazz win or lose? Probably lose. They lose 8 out of 10 of those games. It's crazy. Um, you know, like, you you cannot have him have four free throws, one of five from three, and only two dimes and four boards. He's got he's got to, Boyan's got to give you more. He's got to give you more. It, it There's just no other way to look at it. Tanner, good morning to you. Uh, says, sup guys, my younger brother went to the jazz game and he got sick because he yelled too much. I didn't know how that was possible, but hey, can you can say he and the rest of the crowd helped the jazz win? Oh, I thought it was, um, I thought it was a, for sure, I thought it was a, one of the best jazz games of the year. Without a doubt. I, I, I think, look, I think the jazz are, the Jazz are in a fine position here. You know, I think this series was always going to be a longer, drawn-out series. However, I think that the Jazz are – they're not in a bad spot. Yes, it was one of the best games of the year, but I, I think we. I, this is what we do in the Jazz fan base. Oh, they lost. The world's ending. Burn the whole thing to the ground. Yes. Oh, they won a game. Well, now we're going to win rings. It's not either of those. It's just, hey, you made a play in the moment to win the game. And, yeah. and I think – you should enjoy that. I We literally were screaming when that play happened. It was an amazing turn of events. And I'm not kidding or exaggerating when I say it did remind me a lot of the Kobe and Shaq moment. Just the symbolism in it, the little guy to the big guy, you know, to just it was a great thing. The only problem, and I've, I've seen this comparison a lot. Now, I should tell you, I was on the floor for that Kobe to Shaq lob. Mm-hmm. I was I, I worked for the Lakers at that point, and I want to get a date on that because holy cow, that was a long time ago. Um, the problem with that that comparison is that it was in the Western Conference Finals. It clinched the win in that series for them, and. It, it that team was a dynasty team. This is this Don to Rudy Lob. It it was a big it, it is a big play for a lot of reasons. It's not on par with Kobe to Shaq. It's not on par. In my yeah. do you do you think it is? I mean I I think yeah, those are all valid points. And and, and yeah, the Jazz 
and didn't clinch the Western Conference Finals or anything like that. But I just feel like with the narratives that have gone around this team and the things that some of the things that have played out between Rudy and Don, it was a big moment for those reasons. And and I think that sure. when we measure, hey, how much did it mean to Kobe and Shaq to have that play and to clinch the Western Conference Finals and sure. to go to the finals, that obviously meant a ton to those guys. Of course, I mean that that set their their. I mean that was. 2000 I think it was that the against remember they had been down huge in that game to yeah. Portland they come all the way back I mean like it was just a penultimate moment in the history of the LA Lakers and that's why I say like I think for them that that is a huge like that's a big moment not only for them but in basketball history this was not a big moment in basketball history for the Jazz but I think it meant equally as much to them as that meant to those guys. And I understand this is just the first round, and it, from a basketball perspective, it's not even close. I agree with that. But I'm just talking about from a chemistry, teammate relations, team feel, I thought that was a, a, a really impactful thing. Yeah, I, I think in the in, if you compartmentalize it like that, yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt that this was a significant moment. Like, yeah. I don't think there was any doubt that – it, it, the irony of Don to Rudy when we've heard all of the the rumors and absolutely the gravity of the moment though should really not be compared to Kobe to Shaq. Mm. I, I I I just think that's very very lofty. Uh, Edgar Garcia th said, "You think that was Don's goodbye gift to Rudy?" Stop. Oh, easy. Uh, George Mashikia says, "I've seen defense in the second quarter. I was happy the team." Uh, knows how to play defense. It was perfect. I agree. Rudy needs more alley-oops in the series, but at the beginning of the series, the Mavs, especially Dwight Powell, was able to neutralize the alley-oop to Rudy. Yeah, because you got to remember, they're bigs. When you have Dwight Powell out there, he's a volleyball player by trade. He is a jumper. That dude jumps out of the gym. So, yeah, I, I, would, not, I, would, not, I would not throw Rudy the ball more. I just wouldn't. Let's not – I don't disagree with what you're saying about Dwight Powell, but let's not also give him too much credit. Like, it's it to me, it's an excuse to say that Rudy can't seal him and, and get to a place where that connection can be had. I, I think it just takes a concerted effort to, to, to get yourself in a position on the floor where you're clearly open and they can feed you. Well, and, I think one of the reasons you haven't seen – Rudy Gobert dominating in this series is because it's been very difficult to get him the ball in leverage. It's yeah. been very difficult because Dwight Powell, he's not an easy guy. The reason they're one of the better defensive teams is because it's very difficult to throw the ball to the post on the Dallas yeah, Mavericks. And, and Rudy is not a gritty player. He's not someone that's going to, that's going to push and shove to get his space on the floor. So, I mean, that I is, agree. that is very true, but I just think that it, it would be foolish not to explore that a bit more. Again, I'm not saying to give him the ball, you know, gazillion times a game, but there's got to be some extra looks there. Just keep that lob in perspective. Yeah. It was one play in the middle of a series that's clearly going to be a long series. You're even, right? Like, both teams have lost a home game. Like, you're even. You're playing a three-game series now, and two of those three are on the road. Well, I mean, basically what's going to take place is – now someone's going to have to win a game they shouldn't win to win this series. Well, like, tonight's a game that's going to define the series. I mean, you're tied at two. Game five of a 2-2 series, I mean, almost always determines the winner. Like, this is a huge, huge game tonight. And I think that that's why I said it's going to take balls for, for Quinn Snyder to make the, the adjustments he will need to make to win this series. I mean, yeah. if if he takes Rudy off the floor for that longer stretch in the first quarter, I thought was really important. 
Um, I think that helps. I think, you know, the the other issue with Rudy being off the floor is Hassan Whiteside is not in control of himself. I mean, yeah. we continue to watch Hassan Whiteside struggle emotionally and commit commit plays that really, frankly, are – I mean, those are those – are, that forearming a guy to the head in, in Maxi Kleba, how that was not called and how that – because if you go back and review that, that's a flagrant foul. Yeah. Like, he really dodged a bullet there. But the Jazz being dirty in this series has been a thing. It I has mean, very much know, been I mean, a they, thing. They've, they've played dirty basketball. Well, and I think I think they've talked around the Royce O'Neal situation with Jalen Brunson. Nobody supported what Royce did in Game 3. Yeah. That was just not who this team is. You don't need to play that way. And, you know, again, I know the media is, is never going to bring that up to them, but... I think it was very well done by Tim McMahon at ESPN to bring that up and ask Quinn about that. And Quinn said, yeah, that's not, you know, that certainly wasn't the plan. Um, I mean, to just run into the back of of Brunson like well, that think, was just not. I, I think what's really interesting, if we zoom out a little bit, we're seeing that that type of play in in the Phoenix series. We saw it last night where where Chris Paul is getting just, you know, socked in the back essentially on the block by uh, what's-his-face, Herb. I can't remember his last Herb name. Herb Jones. Herb Jones. And and so, you know, we're seeing it in the playoffs. But I, I think the NBA is looking for a more physical brand of basketball in the postseason. You've already had more flagrant fouls called this year than you had last year in the playoffs. So they're calling it. And it'll be interesting to see because this is not – these two teams don't like each other. Yeah. The Mavericks and the Jazz have had some very critical moments all season long, and I think that's going to continue. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it, it it fixed a relationship for us. I think it solidified the fact that the rumors are more talk than walk. They have a fine working relationship just like all of us have with some coworkers. I don't disagree with that. Steve Hambone said it's just another option the Jazz have. You need to mix it up when you go small ball. You need to put Rudy in. Uh, need to do the pick and roll. We need to uh, quit being out coached. There's some to that too. I think Jason Kidd's had a wonderful series. Yeah, and we'll find out who the better coach is tonight because adjustments will win the game tonight. Uh, Louis Diaz, Donovan needs a lift on offense and clutch for someone like Mike or Bogey uh, or Clarkson. Boyan Bogdan, Boyan motherfucking Bogdanovich needs to step up. Yep. Uh, Ruff's official says game two they lost by six. Rudy would have had to make three of the five in the Jazz win. No. If they lost by six, three times two is six. They would have needed four of the five. It, it, it you, nobody, is, nobody is asking for Rudy to get the ball more, Ruffs. You're the only one. Yeah. You're the one guy asking for Rudy to get the ball more in the post. Like, that's it's – Rudy in the post is not an efficient – Come on. Win a big game yesterday. Check. Steal game five at, on the road. End the series at home. That's the plan. Assler 2K. Exactly right. Wait, I thought you said his name was Assler. A-S-L-E-R. Does everything have to be about anal with you? I, his name is Assler. Man. What do you want What do you want me to say? God, guy gets laid once and all of a sudden he's a sex aficionado. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not, You're that, not guy. that guy. Um, Ruff's official says Dom was 7 of 21 and only 23 points. Great. He's struggling offensively. Like... Ruffs, I don't know what your bone to pick with Donovan is, but he's shown you repeatedly when he's the focus of their offense, they win games. Mm -hmm. When it's other guys, Boyan's not that guy. Mike Conley has not been that guy. Like, Boyan Bogdanovich is so hot and cold, you cannot count on him. Rudy Gobert, you're advocating for Rudy Gobert to be the center of your offense. Yeah. To be the guy. Nobody thinks that's a good idea. 
Nobody. I've said for two years he's not a championship player, <coughs> and I think that's been borne out Yeah, that he is not a championship player. So you can keep throwing in the ball. I just want to win a championship, so I'm not doing that. I mean, I, I, I'm not. Jeff Johnson, good morning to you. BB says every time he, uh, he gets them ball, he always wants to bring it down. Uh, yeah, and that's the other thing is a year from now, I would hope that Rudy has developed skill. Like, I hope he spends a summer working on um, technique and fundamentals because he has, he has no offensive footwork, and he brings the ball down. He, he's a seven-foot-one guy who catches the ball up here and then immediately does this to go back up. And then turns it over. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. James Knight said, here's an idea. Run your offensive sets and take what the defense gives you. I agree. It ain't rocket <laughs> See, science. But th that's what I'm saying. Like, there are going to be times where Rudy is an opportunity or is an option in the paint. Asler 2K says, just steal the game on the road later and finish the series at home, and we're good. Yeah. Yeah, seems we're pretty good. straightforward. Lester Liguizama. <laughs> Whoa, huge comment dump. Um, Lester Liguizama says, Clark's in the unsung hero in game four. Uh, and guys, I'm sick of Royce. Royce has been a critical contributor in this series. Whether you like that or not, he's made some very big three-pointers in this series, and I say shoot more because this team continues to shoot in the 20s for three-point attempts, and it needs to be in it's the 40s. Good. It needs to be in the 40s. A lot of that, though, is Dallas's athleticism, you know, taking away a lot of threes. Yeah. How many sidestep threes have we seen guys take this series? A lot. Uh, Brady Baker says, very excited for tonight's game. You and I both, brother. Uh, JP Shanahan says, it was undoubtedly a great finish, but let's be honest, Dallas screwed themselves over with those last two missed free throws. Can you believe that? How much Can you believe all of the playoffs that I've been watching because my wife hates me and so I spend a lot of time alone? Um, me? Yeah. Uh, how many free throws are we going to miss in the playoffs this year? A lot. In every series. A lot. It is a plague. It's unbelievable. They let you down. Yes, they do. Scott Howard, good morning, says the Jazz showed that they are capable of a higher level defensively. It was fun to watch. This is where having more youth would be so helpful. They expand energy. They expend energy playing at that level. I would agree. Conley seems to be missing in the playoffs, Lester Liguizama says. Well, he's had a couple of 20-pointers here. At least he's playing. Yeah. Uh, they'll have to keep playing defense to have a chance to pull this series off. Totally agree. Um the Jazz Huddle says Conley has been god-awful, Lester. He has not been good. But he's not been – the issue continues to be, and I don't understand it myself because the looks are wide open. Mike Conley's shooting 30-something, low 30% in the paint. Yeah. How do you explain he's that? He's just point-blank missing him. I mean, and, there's no And he's shooting threes well. Like, he's he is shooting threes well. Conley, um, you know, the other day I think he had – in. Did he, he had one of his worst games the other day. He had like four points, one of six from three, but he'd had that 20-point game where he knocked down a bunch of threes. And he's, Again, inconsistent, though. He's like everybody else. He's yeah. inconsistent. Jordan Clarkson scores 10,000 points one game and then scores three the next game. Like, the, I'm telling you, I, I, not to be redundant, the guy's boy on Bogdanovich. I mean, yeah. he, he's got to give you he's got to give you 25, 30 points a game. He and Don are your absolute must-haves. Uh, real quick, couple more because then we got to get to uniforms. Uh, Jeremy Bolton said, "I think this whole f the talk is talking about your boy headband Caruso." Man, did you see his face last yesterday? Oof, what a shot he took! He's actually been really good for us, the Chicago Bulls. My R and we. This is Mike. Nice well, you're on the you. team, right? Yeah, I'm like the 53rd guy. Okay. Uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm number 69. I'm a fucking unit. You know. Um. 
he's been really good. Caruso's been really good. He just it's that guy that always finds himself in the wrong spot at the wrong time getting, getting injured, punched in the face. You know, like it's it's a tough road to hoe. Um Tanner Plummer says, I agree, Royce has been a factor. However, I saw a stat that says that Royce has been giving up a lot of points on the defensive end. Oh, he's terrible defensively. Royce O'Neal's not good defensively. It's the biggest line in basketball, dude. He's not a great one-on-one defender. I, I, again, go back to the lineup that I want to see is Don Conley, um, Daniel House, Jordan Clarkson, and um, Eric Paschal. I just – I like that lineup defensively, and they get up and down the floor. Yep. All right, can we talk about really awful, terrible Jazz uniforms? Yeah. We've avoided this topic for a long time. We have avoided this topic for a long time. Yeah. These uniforms that got leased, leaked last week that were apparently, I mean, validated by Ryan Smith the other day. Ryan was asked about the color purple. Not the movie. The actual color. Do you know the... Have you ever seen the color purple? No. No, no I haven't. No. By the way, apparently, according to Facebook, we're racist. Oh, okay. Somebody... Like, Tanner sent us a post where some guy on Facebook got upset that I was calling um, Hernan Gomez Nacho Belgrande. <laughs> I didn't even know he was Mexican. Oh, wait, because he's not. <laughs> And I don't even think about when I, it's a play on his name, man. His name is Juan Nacho. Juan Nacho. You know, three nachos. Like it's, it's a, just Just chill, dude. Just relax. Just just chill. Relax. Anyway. Yeah. Ryan Smith on Twitter the other day said that purple is who we are. Well, I didn't see no purple in those uniforms and they're fucking terrible because it's garbage they are aau basketball jerseys. yeah they they look like like, they look like high school you know college jerseys they're not sophisticated on any level i agree college i looked at it just now oh definitely mrs Mrs. monty by the way she's rocking a new microphone sounds pretty good it sounds really good it's pretty crispy i actually really liked the black ones with like the kind of rainbowy color yeah the the city edition uniforms okay cool yeah but whatever we're calling them they looked good (laughs) I don't know what this is. That was great. They're terrible. The you new- know what this reminds me of is like, um, uh, like AYSO soccer. Yes. The you know yes. they always had like the bright yellow. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's not what we're about. No, that's not what we're about. Youth They're terrible. Soccer league. Yeah. But my point is, why don't the Jazz come up with a purple city edition uniform? Yeah. And why don't you, why, why do we have to reinvent the wheel on this? I'm not saying go back to the purple mountain garbage that Carl and John. And I actually see. I like those. No, I like those a no, lot. Fuck, no, no, those were good. No, dude. those were good. No it, guy. Are you being serious right yes. now? No, the jazz have good purple uniforms. They you have, don't like the mountain uniform at all. That's surprising, dude. That was a good it's uniform. Like, in it's its day. like the mountain uniform that the the Utes wear with the just I'm just gonna no. throw some mountain on the shoe. The, no. the 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 uniform, no. the retro jazz uniform with the purple shirt, the yellow jazz letters, like the okay, the wait, wait, the wait. note Here's on what the I will thigh say is like too much purple. You're not the Lakers, bro. You're not the Lakers. Oh, here we go. Let's not do the the purple and gold. They fully. Like that. You guys. You, Help, somebody oh. send help. Like, I don't know what to say to that. It's a different purple than the Lakers, first of all. 
Second of all, the purple and gold that the Jazz run out with that green accent on it is gorgeous. The mountain uniform with the big mountain on the leg is just, it's garbage, man. I hated that uniform. I hate the Jazz. Because it's garbage. The Jazz have classic, classic uniforms. like The, the blue uniform is by far the best uniform, in my opinion. Yes, I would agree with that. But even like the black, it, it, uh, run me some black and purple, like just. She said. She said the rainbow man, jersey. The rainbow jersey. <laughs> that was awesome. It wasn't awesome. But what's your favorite jazz uniform? <laughs> the city edition is is pimplicious, man. Like it is. I don't like the green jersey. I'm just gonna come nah. out and say that now. And I know that. Oh, you're a casual. You don't like the green jersey. I hate the green jersey. I don't like it. You're casual. I, I like the city edition. I love the blue uniform, the navy blue uniform. It's classic. It reminds you of but, the great Gordon Hayward days, doesn't it? But, dude, there is no other uniform than the white jazz uniform. That uniform is gorgeous. Yeah. It is. Why can't we get – I agree with Ryan Smith. Like, there's something in the black and white, like the script of the city. Like, But Brooklyn already does that. Yeah. I'm telling you, the Clippers already do that. We don't need that. What we need is to like Mrs. Monty's Laker comparison isn't lost to me in that the Lakers have the purple and gold. The Boston Celtics have the white and green. The Utah Jazz should roll with the white and the purple and the like purple they, is a fabric of the jazz. Like it, we need to be all on the same page of that. It's like, a beautiful uniform, man. Like yeah. the Jazz have I'm not telling you that anything is the Yankee pinstripes. Listen, these new ones are absolutely embarrassingly bad. They're like, trash. That, I mean, that's just not the jazz. But my point is you have a color palette to work with. Purple, gold, white, green, blue. Like, that's a great color palette. Yeah. You that, could do some. None of those involve neon yellow, like, AYSO colors. No, not in the black base uniform. Come on. Like, you got to do better than black and white. I... I you, you know, yeah, exactly, BB. You, you got to love it, according to Hot Run. You know, like, it, it. that's what I'm talking about. Like, the City Edition uniform was a home run. Please, Ryan Smith. Please, God, Ryan Smith. Do not roll these uniforms out. Yeah, Don't that's... do it. Scrap it and start over. I haven't heard one person who likes the new uniforms. Yeah, it's well, not they're one. Because they're not good. They're it, not it, it good, just, man. I... I and this so, is the problem. This is the problem. You get away when you get away from who you are as an organization as far as your colors and branding and stuff because you're the tech guy and you're the new kid on the block. Like sometimes it doesn't really work out for you. Like the Jazz should always be in a white uniform, a blue uniform or a purple uniform. Like those are their colors. That's who they are. Brandon Whiteside says piss yellow is cringe. Um I agree. I agree. We don't disagree with that on this show. Uh, James Knight says, forgive my ignorance, but don't home teams typically wear white? Well, we've gone to this thing now where the home team generally gets to pick the uniform. And a lot of home teams like the City Edition uniform, the the rainbow, taste the rainbow. Um, That jersey is a dark jersey. um, And a lot of home teams like wearing dark jerseys. So... Like I, as a Bulls fan, I love the the Bulls uniform that says Chicago in script on it. Yeah, but the Bulls uniform is classic. What are we talking the about? The white Bulls uniform yeah. when it says Bulls on it. Yeah. yeah. Why would we change that? Why yeah. would you the Jazz like do something in black? I agree. Like black and gold with the current. You have you have the Jazz note. 
Man, like the jazz note is undefeated well, as they, a logo. Listen, they had wrapped the 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 you know the the statue out front of the actual note. They had wrapped that in gold. Yes. So it would work if you had a black uniform with gold accents. That yeah, would work. but not though. Like I agree with you, AYSO. Like it's youth soccer like, uniforms. That's the, the best way the, to put it. Listen, think of the Raptor. What the the uniform the Raptors had rolled out for a minute. That was, and I don't know if they still wear it or not. That was like a black and gold feel. Like that was a nice touch. Yes, I think the I know Jazz can work about. with that. I just I don't know what this black and gold or the. I'm telling you, it, it's straight out of the Oregon football playbook. I'm telling you, it is the same. It is of the same idea. That's awful. That yeah. the, I mean, it, it it's it's awful. Yeah, it, it's terrible. Nah, man, and that green uniform needs to go away. Like I get it, people love Adrian Dantley, but just go back, go back to the white uniform with the big jazz on the front of it, man. Like this is not rocket Darren science. Williams day. I really like, and but I like the city edition that just says Utah on it. I would love a uniform that says SLC on it. I would love that. Yeah. Like those are. There's all kinds of stuff you can do that's not ugly as sin. Um. All right. It is seven twenty six. It is seven twenty six already. Um, yeah, ugly as sin. By the way, are, are the Nets getting swept? Yeah, probably. So Jake and I had an argument before the show because I don't think this is a topic. And just real quick before we get to Amber Heard and Johnny Depp and women in domestic violence cases getting the benefit of the doubt and guys getting screwed. Before we get to that, Donnie, please. Yeah. Um. You you asked me who's a who's a bigger bust, James Harden or Ben Simmons? Mm-hmm. Now Ben Simmons, who's the rookie of the year this year? Every year. Um, ben me. Simmons, yeah, me. Uh, ben Simmons is the bust. Does is anybody watching the Sixers series? Do you realize how good James Harden's been? And you think he's a bust? I think he's. I, I think when you compare him to the expectations, yeah. I think when you compare him to what what they talked about and what he talked about when he before the trade happened to go to the Sixers after his days in Brooklyn, yeah. I mean, I think I'm not saying he's not contributing. I mean, yes, obviously it needs to be said that at least he's playing, of course. But I think when we look at both of these guys, like the expectation was he was going to go to Brooklyn and win a championship, and that flamed out. The expectation is he's going to go to Philly and win a championship. So when they don't win a championship, are you still going to call me an idiot for saying the guy's a bust? He's never won anything. He's not He's not the best player on his team. Like, at least with Durant, he can take the criticism because he is the team. He well, is the no, best player on the team. Well, no, he can take the criticism because he's got multiple rings, number one. Number two, listen, James Harden was fat, and he, is, he has gotten in better shape. James Harden's a problem. I don't disagree with that. James Harden is cancer. I don't disagree with that. James Harden's not the best player on his team. I don't disagree with that. But James Harden doesn't have a back injury that's prevented him from playing a single game for the Brooklyn Nets. I agree. And by the way, he's been a bit, he's been a much different player in the postseason. He's averaging 20 points, 10 dimes, like the guy is actually putting out. Yeah. Now it is the Toronto Raptors, as you so adequately pointed out this morning. Okay, yeah. Would he be doing this against the Boston Celtics? Probably not. Probably not. But they're not playing the Boston Celtics. Yeah. They're playing the Toronto Raptors. And James Harden's not a bust. And I agree. He's a, no, I don't want him on my team. What happens if Philly doesn't get further with James and, and, and Embiid than they did with Ben and Embiid? Uh, I don't know. Ask me when that happens because they're going to win this series. Mm-hmm. And I think they're probably going to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. We'll see. Would be my guess. We'll see. Right? Yeah. 
What happens when KD flops with Kyrie? I think it's a huge hit to his legacy and his career. LeBron never got swept, and Durant's on the precipice of getting swept. Yeah, I think that's that's. I mean, that would be a problem. But I mean, you're looking at you're looking at Philly right now. You're looking at Philly and Miami, mm-hmm. and I think Philly probably beats Miami. Mm, and I don't because think it's that easy. No, I'm not going to say it's easy. I think I think Miami is a superior defensive team, and I think oh, I think Jimmy Butler relax. is Jimmy Butler is is playing out of his mind right now. Relax. I think I think Philadelphia is a is a pretty good defensive team on their own, and I think Miami's hot and cold. There's no way Atlanta should have won that game. There's no way at all. They should have swept Atlanta, right? But I mean, we're going to get Milwaukee and Boston, and I actually think Boston's going to win that series. I think there's a real good chance we get Philly Boston for an Eastern Conference final. Maybe. And then I we do. can and then we can talk about Harden again. Yeah. And by the way, by the way, all of a sudden it looks like uh, New Orleans has a shot to beat to beat Phoenix. Oh, Devin Booker sucks. He's overrated. Well, he got hurt and they haven't won a game since. I would point that out that my sex machine by the way should be the MVP <clears throat> of the NBA. By the way, all those people who called us idiots be. last year about saying that the one seed for the Jazz didn't matter, how's the one seed looking for the Suns right now? I'm just saying, you lose Devin Booker, and I don't think they're going to lose this series. I mean, I really don't. You lose Devin Booker, and that's a radically different team. He is an elite player, I'm telling you. And it's not just because I want to bear children for him. That's not why I'm saying this. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. Genetics doesn't really work that way. Uh, Anyway, my point is, Devin Booker's an elite player. Mm-hmm. He is. Uh, you can underrate him. You can hate him because the Jazz didn't draft him. Totally get that. They should have. They didn't. Hey, man, he's an elite player. He is an MVP caliber player now, Devin Booker. And if he ain't healthy, they're not winning, period. They're not winning. And if they rush him back, they're not winning because he will re-injure that hamstring. Listen, they're a better team than New Orleans right now, even without Book. And don't give me that crap. They are a better team. Ooh. How do we look at these games so differently, dude? They the, they lost that dude, game because they, they, they turned the ball over repeatedly. Right, but because Herb Jones dominated for like a five-minute stretch of that game. Yeah. You look at the way that, that Brandon Ingram played that game. Brandon Ingram, and I again, I know I'm right about everything. How long have I been saying Brandon Ingram's a stud? Like, I'm telling you, this guy is the guy that the, the Lakers miss. Mm-hmm. It's not Lonzo Ball. Mm-hmm. It's not Josh Hart. It's Brandon Ingram, the weed-smoking hippie. That's the guy they miss. Because this dude, I'm telling you, Brandon Ingram is a guy that you can put on a team and he can be your number two. I don't know that he's a number one, and I'm not sure that fat ass ever gets back for the Pelicans because he did another. And I'm telling you, by the way, you keep watching Zion Williamson because what's he he doing in pregame? Between the legs, scissor dunks. And, And you can't play. And he, they won't let him play because they're going to trade him. They're going to trade him. He is not going to play another game for the New Orleans Pelicans, would be my guess. Which is smart. I think they're going to trade him. This man was a bona fide scrub. Okay. So, now. Let's talk about guys getting screwed in court. All right. Let's talk about divorces, and let's talk about the perception that men have to battle in court. Mm-hmm. Because this Johnny Depp trial... And by the way, I want to make this clear. I think a lot of people are confused on this. This is a defamation trial. Okay, this is not this is not a divorce hearing. This is not a criminal complaint. 
This is a civil defamation trial in which Johnny Depp, I believe, is asking for $50 million from Amber Heard. They've already been divorced. They agreed to a $7 million settlement. Mm -hmm. And this is a different case altogether. The crux of the issue is, is that Amber Heard wrote a piece that was published in op-ed talking about domestic violence and how she had suffered horrible domestic violence by an unnamed offender that was pretty clearly pointed at Johnny Depp. Mm -hmm. Johnny Depp has lost a defamation case against Amber Heard in the UK already. I think that Johnny Depp did a lot of terrible things in his marriage to Amber Heard. I think Johnny Depp overwhelmingly abused Amber Heard mentally and verbally. Amber Heard allegedly cut his finger off with a, with a vodka bottle. Amber Heard allegedly repeatedly physically abused Johnny Depp to the point where Amber Heard's attorney in court the other day tried to get Johnny Depp to say that he's a larger, more physical person than Amber Heard. Only it turns out she's bigger physically than he is. Amber Heard has the worst attorney ever. <laughs> like, just not intelligent. But here's what I want to talk about with this. Johnny Depp has lost hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue off of this op-ed that Amber Heard wrote. And there's nothing he's ever going to do about that. Johnny Depp straight up testified in court the other day that he'll never do another Pirates of the Caribbean movie because Disney pulled the string on him after the op-ed was published. And that, if that is true, if we are to believe that, and if we are to believe the momentum in the direction that this trial is going, and it looks like Johnny Depp is not at all guilty of the things Amber Heard wrote about and has tried to accuse him of in court, what repercussions should she suffer and there's no way he's winning this thing. Mm -hmm. I think this is typical guy has no chance in court no matter what actually happened. That's yeah, what I, I mean, feel I like this there's, is. <clears throat> there's no winning for both sides in this outside of, for her, a, a lot of the, the financial stuff. But I think you got to remember, the only reason that they're in this case right now is because she she allegedly, this is what Johnny Depp is suing on, she violated the agreement they had after that first settlement by, by writing the deposition. So... That's what opened the, op the door by yeah, writing the op-ed. Op by writing the op-ed, she violated the agreement they had, which opened the door for Johnny to sue her, which now she's countersuing him back. And so it's kind of a pretty messy thing. And that's why I say, like, I'm not so sure that that either of them or that there is such a thing as winning. But I agree with you. The real point is there's no recouping. You don't just make that money back. You don't just recover your image. That's Especially the problem. Especially if you are a guy. But I want to play this piece of tape. Listen to Johnny Depp here talking about Amber Heard cutting his finger off with a vodka bottle. And I walked behind the bar, and there was a larger bottle of vodka, the kind with the handle, you know, on it. I grabbed that, and I went, and I sat in my seat again. I opened the bottle, and I poured myself a shot and drank it. Miss Heard was flinging insults uh, left, right, and center, and 
She then grabbed that bottle and, uh, and threw that at me. I honestly didn't, I didn't feel the pain at first at all. I felt no pain whatsoever. Mm. What I felt was, um, I felt heat. I felt heat and I felt um, as if something were dripping down my hand, you know. Um, and then I looked down and realized that the, the, the tip of my finger had been severed. The tip of my finger had been severed. Like, I don't even know. What, 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 if you're Johnny Depp, do you say another word in this trial? Don't you just rest and hope for the best? Because she looks terrible. She looks, the pictures his bodyguard took, I don't know if you guys have been following this trial. His bodyguard has taken hundreds, uh, uh, if not thousands of photos of Johnny Depp's face with like his eye socket. There's a picture of his eye socket. It looks like he's wearing black makeup because his eye socket is bruised. His cheek, there's a like a huge bruise on, he's got these odd cheekbones, by the way. He's got a bruise on the underside of his cheek. There's audio of her talking about how, oh, I did not punch you in the face. It was a slap and talking about how she repeatedly like attacked him physically and then threw stuff at him, which is interesting because you kind of went through this in your previous text breakup mm -hmm. relationship mm -hmm. where things were thrown around your apartment. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, yeah, so it's never a good feeling, you know, and, and I think whether they're being thrown on the floor or thrown at you, I think it's a... It's a sketchy situation because the fact is, is dudes, we, we're not able to really, well, I mean, what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed, I mean, you can't hit back. You can't throw back. Well, what are you supposed to do? The one thing I'll, I'll say about this, Johnny Depp was like, oh, I never, I, I might have abused some cabinets, but I never hurt her. Uh, let's be clear. If you're kicking in a door, slamming, whatever, it is still not okay just because i didn't physically hit you yeah. but i put a hole in the wall that is still physically threatening like people get a get control of your emotions and just know just because you didn't hit the person doesn't mean that you didn't scare them or make them fearful no you're causing I'm not terror. Saying that he's he's you know the the bad side in this but I think, Johnny, you got to realize, A, yeah, you were Well, what really did he say about being an alcoholic? Well, he, he talked about, Johnny Depp talked you know, about he, being a terrible alcoholic. Yeah, so, yeah, like, he, very intoxicated. Well, and my point was, is, like, in this whole situation, like, I think that he he is an alcoholic. I think that that is why he's in this situation. You do not, like, he... He talked about with his bodyguard that, and and let me pull the verbiage back up here. But he he calls his his alcoholism like the the child monster that he was that he was able to walk away. Like in 2015, he Man. told his bodyguard, "Hey, we're doing great. This is the best we've ever done. I was able to lock my the, this child monster away that he called it, referring, referring to, to alcoholism. alcoholism. Yes. and I think yes. that I think that that 
he wouldn't be in this situation if substance abuse wasn't a problem for him. And 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 I maintain that. Now, would yeah. the relationship have survived? I don't know. That's a that's a different conversation. But I can tell you Probably you not, have, though. Like you sounds like she's just as volatile. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I'm telling you as 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 people, like if you're gonna be drunk all the time, like that's not gonna help your case. No, and it's really a um in Britain, you Mrs. Monty and I have talked about this, like one of the, the the things that we do well is we never, like, go at each other. Like, we don't ever, like, we argue over stupid things. But we never, like, go at each other. Like, we never, like, personally attack each other. These two consistently personally attacked each other. Yeah. But the, the here's my issue, and this is the crux of this. The Harvey Weinstein situation allowed this to happen. And I think Harvey Weinstein, what Harvey Weinstein did was terrible. He absolutely belongs rotting in prison. There's no doubt. But we go too far with it. And we automatically just, oh, Amber Heard says Johnny Depp beat her. Oh, he's done. When we don't know what happened. Everybody deserves a fair and free run at the truth. And too many times in court, men don't get that. We don't get that. In divorce proceedings, we don't get that. In child custody, we never get that. When it comes to child support, we never get that. Although I will say alimony is a different deal because you look at the Britney Spears, you look at the the all Adele is another one, Kelly Clarkson's another one. You look at those cases, okay, that's true. But you look at abuse and you look at domestic violence, men never get the benefit of the doubt. You're so fucked. And this, the Me Too stuff, I think, is really important. And I think the, the way that we as men victimize women on a daily basis in this country is a huge problem. But we let it go too far. And there are so many men who have suffered doing absolutely nothing wrong. And I, I'm not saying that Johnny Depp is innocent. He's not. Johnny Depp should not have lost his spot on Pirates of the Caribbean. Johnny Depp should not have, because he he his agent talked about how it was like a faucet that just was turned off. The script stopped coming. The work stopped coming. His reputation will never be recovered. Yeah. And to me, it's it's that that belief system that of course, well, Amber Heard says that she was physically abused. It, it it's yeah. It's Johnny Depp. And she says she never said his name. One of the main arguments she makes is right. that I never said his name. You didn't have matter. to. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like you didn't have to. But what you know what she also didn't say? Hey, no, I wasn't referring to Johnny Depp. Yeah. yeah. Explicitly she never said that. Yeah. And I so. just think we as men get screwed. But you that's know, why but that's why you can't allow yourself to become an alcoholic. That's my point. That, like you can't so, and no. I, I would agree with that. Like Johnny Depp, not innocent. But people, men or women. If you are having trouble and part of that trouble is your abuse of poison, whether that is alcohol or drugs, whatever yes. it is, it is poison. And if Johnny Depp didn't lose Pirates of the Caribbean only on this alone, he was battling with addiction and inappropriate behavior for a long time. But she's time. going after his professionalism. Like, she tried to out him for wearing an earpiece and talked yeah. about, like, he, that's not, I, I, this whole thing. But here's the other thing it's as ugly. men. But as men, I think we have to put things in place to protect ourselves. You can never, you do. ever, ever 
put your hands on a woman. Yeah. Ever. At not I was defending myself. I was great. No, you weren't. You can never put your hands on a woman, right? You can never, you have to get to a point where you understand that your words are just as damaging as your hands. You can never abuse people. And if it's that bad, get the hell out. And hey, that's what I was going to say. You know what? This isn't working out. You I think cannot, we should separate. Y- yes, Greg Hawkins. What a toxic relationship. Yes. You cannot be in a situation where every day you are fighting for your life in a relationship because what, a are you, code what are you really fighting for? I did a thing on TikTok and Instagram the other day about valuing yourself. How much did Amber Heard and Johnny Depp value themselves in this relationship? When you're when you're throwing vodka bottles allegedly at your your the love of your life, how much are you valuing yourself in the love of your life? You're not at yeah. all. You're None. not. Yeah. You're yeah. not. You're saying I'm okay going to jail. I'm okay throwing away my life because I can't. I'm not in control of my emotions. I just think. We value things so differently now than we ever have before. And the other issue is these guys are in Hollywood. It's all over social media now. It's all over the internet. I'm sure this shit happened in the 20s, 30s, and 40s, probably to a much worse level. Mm-hmm. But now we it's it's everywhere. You, the minute you get arrested as a celebrity, it's out there. Yeah. yeah. So there you have it. Were you Johnny Depp fans, by the way, before yes. this? You were? Yes. Yeah. I used to. I liked Johnny Depp. The problem I did have was that was like, he became more and more of a non-functioning person the more he drank and did drugs. Yeah. And like, you know, you just, you got to quit it. You can't, he put himself in this position though. Like I don't, I don't, um, I don't feel sorry for Johnny Depp. I will, I will also say that. I don't feel sorry for Johnny Depp. It, 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 not a whole lot here. Like I, I just don't I'm like one to... of my favorite movies of his was Public Enemies, where he's he's playing that gangster role. Transcendence. Know? Transcendence was really good. You know, you, you I mean, he's the Lone a, Ranger, dude, he was actually really good in the Lone Ranger. He's wonderfully talented. And it's and it's and that's the real shame in all of this. Honestly, oh, the rum like, diary with, with by the way, with um, Amber, Amber Heard. Heard, we saw Amber Heard somewhere. We did. We saw in her Phoenix? with. Um, yeah, we did at a, a talk. She gave a talk on a book, Alice in Wonderland. Man, he's been in some movies. Yeah, dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's a it's a crime. Public enemies. It's a, it's a shame. John Dillinger. He played John, John Dillinger. Dillinger in that movie. Yes. Yes, that was good. Yeah. Very good, good. movie. Yes. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. How do I forget about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Yeah. yeah. He's done a lot of good stuff. But, like, you know, unfortunately. He's a terrible addict. Alcohol I mean, and drugs. They yeah. just cover up whatever's going on inside of you, and you got to yeah. get help. Oh my God, Twenty One Jump Street, that t- the TV show, classic. That was the oh, I love that show, dude. That was like yeah. seventh, eighth grade for me. Twenty One Jump Street, I loved that show. Was oh that my one? God, uh, I'm pretty sure. Let me look at that. You do this show? Oh yeah, 1987. 1987. I loved a TV show in 1987. You would. That's not seventh, eighth grade. Oh my God. That would have been like, yeah, it was. Tenth, what year did you graduate? Nineteen ninety-one. I graduated. Good old Round Lake Senior High School. So four years before that would have been eighth. Well, I guess yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Hey, thanks for showing up. I appreciate <laughs> that. You know, I I'm not crazy yet. By the way, bucket of bullets married my mother-in-law. Yeah. How did it go? Good. I honestly didn't say uh, but two words to that to my now. Don't. Don't. Don't I, w- do I, w- it. I won't call him dad. 
even if there's a fire. Yeah, no. Uh, I didn't say two words to Bucket of Bullets directly the entire weekend. Um, but I did, I, you know, I, I got to share a special moment with my mother-in-law when she was standing there ready to walk down the aisle. I was just standing there and I was telling her, because she was really nervous, at, not nervous, but just, you know, you're about to get married. And the odd thing was it didn't seem like they were scared or nervous to get married. She just was in that state. And I was just, I put my arm around her and I said, hey, take some time and just enjoy this moment. Like, because there was a hula dance going on. And I said, hey, take some time and just enjoy this moment. Let it soak in. Feel like, realize how you're feeling, mm-hmm. you know? And she's like, yeah, I really appreciate that. Like, um, this is this is so cool to be standing here with you. And it was just really interesting. Yeah. And then they went down the aisle and it was like two people who weren't in love getting married. It was really weird to me anyway. That's it, Skippy. Yeah, it was really weird. And my, I think I think you agree with me on that. Like, I, they didn't seem to be like head over heels in love. Yeah, it was it was interesting that like, you know, yeah, I didn't feel like they were. But maybe that's just because they're older. Maybe. I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. But you know what? It was very nice. Very nice ceremony and just outlive me all i'm asking you for is you know just sex occasionally and outlive me (laughs) you know like just just, uh, because the whole the whole conversation centering around what do you do when your spouse dies is not one i ever want to have facts like you know like i I mean it just changes your life is so disjointed for so long you know like and they're interesting like my mother-in-law lost her husband 12 years ago Mm mm-hmm you know, bucket of bullets, cock guy, like lost his wife a year ago. You know, like it's just odd to me. I don't like him at all. I'm not. Well, you've made that clear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> guy, it's just, you got to um, let it go. You just got to yeah, let it go. I don't think I do. But uh, um, it was yeah, interesting to meet some of uh, his family mm. because that's been completely absent from this yes. process. But they did show up and kudos to them and some of them. Do they have guns too or? I don't know. Mm -mm, I don't know. But I'll tell you, I felt like the wedding went off without a hitch. You guys, my sister-in-law and you. Yeah, well, you left us Saturday morning. So or Sunday morning, you know. Here we go. Jake wanted to sleep until noon on Saturday. And I actually because we were leaving at the crack of dawn on Sunday. Yesterday morning, we drove home. Easy drive, by the way. (laughs) What a great drive. Uh, our driver was phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I was the one driving. Um, so Saturday morning, I wanted to go down to the beach, and I thought you would do your usual get up at 6 o'clock, but you chose to sleep till noon. I got up, at, you know, the usual 6.37, and I went down to Huntington Beach and walked on the pier and, you know, was forced to do it alone. And it I was just, just... want to say that if you want to have someone do something with you mm-hmm. or – you know, you want to see if anyone else is interested in doing mm-hmm. something with you, then usually you communicate that you would like to go and do something and see if there's any takers. It became personal you know? with me. But it did become personal you, with me. If you don't, no one knows. And then it's just personal for yourself. You just keep that well, personal and do your own thing. Maybe if somebody had been out of bed, I'd have, you know, been in my okay, bro. Yeah, next question. You know, let's go get some hoes. He just didn't um, know that he needed to get out and see, like, you have to communicate the words that come out of your mouth. Yeah. You know, or text on a phone works um, too. James Knight wants to know. Uh, I've got this sudden urge to punch bucket of bullets in the face. Is that wrong? No, please. Oh. He's got a very punchable face too. Yeah, he's okay. got a face that you you know. No, we're not punching anybody. Drop that you know, it is what it is. Uh, Josh Leverin says that's on par with men and women finding new spouses after they become widow widower. Yeah, I don't even want to do that. 
Uh, Jeff Johnson says, HB Pier, baby. Love it. Great place to watch people fish, too. It is. There was some weird, like, oddity, like, weird dudes. And my head's peeling because I got sunburn it itches. Um, do you think you'll ever speak to him again? I will. We'll talk. Of, of, yeah. We have maybe. No, yeah. You know. Sometimes. We have no choice. You know. We have two yeah. weeks. Well, we have yeah. a week with them. They'll be around we do? in Hawaii. Oh, that's right. My yep. favorite part of uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is when Willy Wonka, Johnny Depp, says, good morning, Starshine. The Earth says hello. I agree. <laughs> uh, Spencer Morgan says, if I initiate violence against another person, I know the consequences that the person is morally entitled to fight back. Both genders should have to face that consequence. Telling women, well, that's tough because women don't. That's a very good point. What's eating Gilbert Grape? Yes, That's Jeremy Bolton. That's a very good one. Kay Nuren says, yes, abuse goes both ways. Women also do it. Get out of it before it's too late. Don't stay exactly right. Yeah, totally. uh, Jeff Johnson says, my wife said uh, he tried going to her for support with his addiction rehab and she refused. She did. She told him at one point that um she was no she something about being a babysitter and she said awful things to him he she said awful things, awful things she's not a he, good person but he also said terrible things to her but to throw liquor bottles at somebody's head vexes me man dude that's you're trying to kill them at that point you you really are uh mrs monty i'll be your bucket of bullets when monty kicks it fat jesus says um thanks <laughs> I, that's comforting Jackson Graham says, I wanted to trust the jazz, but it's really hard. I agree. Nets frustrated with Ben Simmons. Ha ha. What did they expect? Yep. Uh, HB here. Yes. Cody Strickland says water's wet and Booker is not hurt anymore. He, he hasn't been hurt in a while. Uh, damn that rookie made Chris look like way bad. Yeah, he did. I agree. Um, anyway, prediction on the jazz tonight. Mm, I mean, I don't. I, I. I have a hard time saying they're going to win the game. I just. I don't. I don't. I would need to see. I. If they win tonight, then that that changes everything because then you've shown me you can win two in a row, which they haven't shown me yet. So I. I think Dallas wins tonight. I'm going to say Dallas one eighteen one twelve. That feels like the right number to me. I think Luca Brunson will figure it out. They had practice yesterday, so I think they'll figure it out. Yeah. There you have it. So. All right. Jazz, uh, co uh, Jeremy Bolton says Jazz 168, Dallas 47. Okay, good. Rudy's got like 100 points in that game, right? Okay. okay. Uh, James Knight says, can we convince Bucket of Bullets to subscribe? That would be fun. Mm -mm. No. No, it wouldn't be fun. Mrs. Monty would hate that. Nope. My butt's fine, by the way. I saw you. I'm not even going to get into it. Everything's fine. I feel much better. I feel much better now. So. Yeah, rhino. yeah my dog. Oh, dude, fuck. We picked up my dog from the uh, shelter yesterday, like the shelter. The oh shelter my god! <laughs> the the boarding house, the place where they went. The little doggy. What is, what's it called? The little doggy <laughs> resort. The little doggy resort. He <laughs> said they went to the shelter. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. We picked my dog up from the little dog uh, resort, which is where they stay up on Main Street in the city, and he just is not himself. He is not himself. My one dog's like skipping around like the world's, you know, his oyster. And my other dog, the the ass vacuum guy, is just limping around again. And he's not himself. And he was laying next to our subwoofer for our TV last night. And you like if you if you howl at the dogs, like if you bark at my dogs, they'll go into like a howling spree. All of a sudden he just started staring at the subwoofer, like looking at it. And he just started howling. 
out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was really kind of freaking weird. Yeah. And then we pulled him away from it, and he stopped howling. But he's just not the same. I'm really – that dog is not long for this world, I don't think. I'm really worried about him. Really, really worried about him. He needs some time to recover. Yeah. We'll see. You can play the music because we got to go. Yeah. It's the last week of April already. Yeah. It is Elwa mother effers. Uh, All right. I'm going to go 116-112. Dallas wins tonight, I think. Don will bump Gobert away next season. Hopefully. Um, That's it. Make sure you shop our uh, affiliate links below. Um, Again, the the world's greatest cup washer is selling like crazy. Make sure you go in. I'm more of an overhander. Oh, dude, we totally didn't talk about the uh, Dr. Fauci porn. Tomorrow. We'll do that tomorrow. Tomorrow. There's porn centered around Dr. Fauci. I kid you not. Would you even get aroused by that? No. Uh, make sure you shop our affiliate links below. Hit subscribe if you're here right now. Give us a thumbs up. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake. <laughs>